Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm Auto Trader's editor-in-chief. And I am Auto Trader's road test editor, Dan Alika. I'm going with Dapper Dan in your jumpsuit, Jody. Okay. Only like those it. of you watching on YouTube can really see. Jody's got this jumpsuit energy going I feel today. like I'm in Top Gun. You look like you're in Top Yeah, Gun. which is appropriate because this episode is all about our favorite movie cars and pop culture cars. Cool. So this is a topic I love because I watch so much TV and movies. <laughs> um, and during, so during the pandemic, uh, we watched every single James Bond movie that ever existed. And we did it in order. That's the way to do it. And that was kind of before that, I had only seen the Daniel Craig ones. Mm. And so it was really, really cool to see how the franchise kind of evolved from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, and There's obviously, a lot there. when we talk about pop culture cars, James Bond is always up there in like. For sure. Everybody goes bananas over the Aston Martins. Yeah. And the Lotus Esprit submarine. And like, you know, even like to me, some of the obscure ones, remember there was the. Um, the Toyota 2000 GT convertible. Beautiful. Um, in, which was it? Goldfinger. There was that Mustang convertible. There's so many good ones. There was yeah. like a Sunbeam Tiger at yeah, one that point. Yeah, that was that was in Doctor No. That was the f which that was is the so first funny James Bond because movie. it's such a tiny little car. Yeah, I love that scene when he's going up to. It's like 31 Magenta Drive. That's the address <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. woman that he's going to, and he. They have this really wide shot, and he kind of like drifts around this gravel corner, and it it's a really cool. It's a great scene, but yeah. I also was laughing so hard when I watched that because Sean Connery is so tall, yeah, and he that car ridiculous. is so tiny. It was like me when I owned my Miata. That's exactly what I was thinking of, like gorilla in a phone booth, yes. like they say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, those cars are always people's most favorite in James Bond, but yeah. I have like a very unconventional favorite James Bond vehicle. Let's hear it. It's not even a car. Okay. So. In one, um, I believe this one was in Octopussy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a Roger Moore. Um, which is funny because I'm at work, so it feels weird for me to say Octopussy. Yeah, but that's a weird word. I, I, I feel weird saying it at work. But anyway, that was the movie. And it was an alligator submarine. I do recall. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And so the reason why that one made me laugh so much is because back then, they were all super janky. Like the yeah. special effects... And the costumes and all that stuff was so janky. Yeah. But I found it hilarious to watch because it was just silly and very campy. And I think yeah. sometimes when they really leaned into how silly it was, that to me is when the James Bonds were most enjoyable. The Roger Moore era was very much it like was that. Very silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when Octopussy, they he he was in this one man alligator submarine, and it just looked so stupid. Yeah. It really made me laugh. But I noticed that there was an Easter egg in Die Another Day. Okay. The alligator submarine makes a guest appearance. In Q's lab, right? In Q's right? lab. Yeah. It was one of like the relics of, you know, that's, gadgets past. That's <laughs> something that I always loved about the franchise, that there was always those little callbacks. And and um, same with like the little M's little um, British bulldog on, on his and then her yep. desk that carried through over the years. Um, just little things like that were, were like really nice because it, they, f you know, it, it feels like a reward for your loyalty. That's what I figured because I also watched them all back to back to back yeah. in the span of like two months. It yeah. was insane. I, I just last night watched, um, 
from Russia with love because I've watched them all so many times, but I'm the same way where even if I go weeks between rewatching, I'll still watch in order. Yeah. So I just last night watched From Russia with Love. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, I do struggle with it because it's like, you know, yes, the, the franchise, like the movies were products of their times. Of course. But those original ones just really, I thought they were the coolest because it felt so kind of, it was easy to imagine the stuff that, you know, the whether it was like the equipment that he was using yeah. and all that stuff, it felt very like authentic. Yeah, because James Bond movies at the times when they came out, they were a showcase of the best of the best that Hollywood had to offer, yeah. right? And so all those gadgets, and I remember in like Die Another Day, I think it was, and it was uh, one of the Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan ones. Yeah. The gadgets they were using, I remember seeing them and I was like, those are crazy for the time. Yeah. Like, remember he had that autonomous BMW? Yeah, it was like a 7 Series. Yeah. So that, interestingly, that is my favorite Bond car. Is it? Of all, I know it's so weird. It's not unconventional the, choice. Not the, yeah, not the, you know, autonomous drive. I just remember as a kid going to see that that movie in theaters and just falling in love with the design. I thought it was, like, so beautiful, so striking. That kind of like shark nose, like the angle it's on the front. It's a great looking car. And, and still, when you watch it to this day, it's like, wow, that's that beautiful. That car still looks good, yeah. even today. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I love when he, they kept some of that like campiness and the cheesiness where, remember he like crashes it through the Avis <laughs> yeah. and it's like returning the rental car. Yeah. You know, just like silly stuff like it that. So I really like. And And for me, like the more extra chase scenes are, the more I like them. So you like the one from... I don't remember which Bond it was when, when he's in Vegas. It's Roger Moore, and he drives the Mustang Mach 1, and it's, like, on two <laughs> like wheels. And it, yeah. And there's another one. I don't remember which movie it was, but he literally jumps the car over a bridge. And it goes... Yeah! And it's, like, this really cheesy sound effect. I, I was yeah. losing my mind at that yeah. scene because it was so ridiculous, and yeah. I loved it so much. Um, but that's why I loved I loved the James Bond movies. Even you know you take aside you take out all like the old timey like sexism and stuff, and it's just they're hilarious movies, yeah. and I love them. So um, speaking <laughs> of movies, I'm a bad you know car guy because I can't stand the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh my god! So we get into arguments about this all the time, um, and we're friends with a whole bunch of people in the automotive industry. And like last time, maybe not the last time, I think it was like F7 or something, where we all went out to see it as a group, and Dan was like, I'm not coming. Because <laughs> I haven't seen one since Too Fast, Too Furious. So now, so 10 is coming out soon. I've yeah. seen all of them. So and silly. I like bad action movies. I love, in fact, bad action movies so and i'm not jody you know me i'm not like a you know thumb my nose like look down on on people or cars kind of you know gearhead but the thing for me the what ruined it for me is i remember buying an issue i want to say it it was either super street or sport compact car magazine one mm -hmm. of those magazines i remember buying an issue back in whatever, call it 2002, and it was, it had this big feature about all of the, the movie cars mm -hmm. for, I think, for Too Fast, Too Furious. That was the one with the silver and blue 
GTR? I think so. Yeah. And uh, so I remember being like very interested in, in checking this out. And I was reading it and it was like so shocking to me that it was like all of these detuned cars. And I understand, you know, like stunt cars, it's like whatever, they look kind of crazier than they are mm-hmm. sometimes because big power i guess it, it does kind of like flip that notion on its head that's like oh you need more power and whatever but it's like they're actually they were running these cars in the movie with less power but i don't know it just felt very like not disingenuous but just it ran counter to kind of my you know what i loved about those cars right because you you were just hoping it was a more authentic representation yeah like how do you have you know take that gtr for example and it's got like you know the like nx you know nitrous logo and all these like you know performance stickers and then it's like oh but it actually has less output than it but than it makes stock but you have to imagine it's like i think okay but fast and furious movies i know they're stupid yeah but that's why i like them so much fair enough and i think if you lose yourself to like that hollywood magic i think you could enjoy them yeah because they're not even car your, movies anymore. No, I know they're bad action movies. And like I said, yeah. I love bad action movies. Aren't and they so, going to space or something in this one? I wouldn't be surprised. I know nothing about F10, but ridiculous. I know it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And I just love all the dumb stunts they do. Like literally jumping out of a building into another building in the sky yeah, is like see. crazy to me. But I love every second of it. <laughs> just not for me. You just have to use your imagination. I know. It's just, you know, and you know, I don't watch movies, new movies. Dan's really, yeah, he's not I watched, a big movie person. My girlfriend hates it because I literally watch the same, like, five things I, over, over and, and over again. Um, but you do love Seinfeld, which love is a car Seinfeld. car person show, surprisingly. Yeah, I wrote a, a fun story about that. You can check it out on autotrader.ca slash editorial. And it was about one episode in particular um, that really kind of cemented Seinfeld's place as that kind of like car lovers paradise um and it was the parking garage and there was no you know there was no one car that was kind of the highlight but Mm -hmm. it was like so episode synopsis they go to a mall I think it was in New Jersey the whole gang Jerry Elaine George Kramer they go so that they can buy these air conditioners that are on sale (laughs) only Kramer gets one they go back to the parking garage they can't remember where his car was parked So the entire episode, it was very revolutionary for its time because they spent the whole episode in a parking garage, which wasn't real. It was actually the soundstage that Seinfeld was filmed on. They stripped it all out and made it look like a parking garage. Um, So they did a really good job. Like if you didn't know that, if you go back and watch it, you'll be like, oh my God, like this, this still looks like a parking garage, but it was just a soundstage. So they would just replace you know, the signs. So that was like, oh, we're on P2. Okay, now we're on P3, whatever. Um, But the cars you see throughout that episode, A, it's like a time capsule, right? Of, you know, our kind of like nostalgic, looking back at like the late 80s, early 90s. Like, um, so some really cool, and some of them are outrageous. Like there's like a GMC Cyclone, which was that crazy like twin turbocharged V6 powered, GMC Sonoma pickup truck that is like 
to this day, those things are worth a fortune. Yeah, and it's such an enthusiast car because yeah. if you don't know, then you don't even know it exists. Yeah. But if you do know, then you go bananas yeah. over it. Yeah, and just really cool. There were some, you know, just weird. There was like a Geo Metro convertible. There was Fun. a Geo Tracker, which was like that little two-door That's cool topless. because like obviously Seinfeld is, everyone knows, you know, he's a huge car guy, especially yeah. Porsche. Like he yeah. loves, loves the brand. Um, but even like, even, you know, comedians and cars getting coffee, you kind of get a taste for that. Yeah. But this just felt so like, because it, to, to me, the, the authenticity of that episode felt like, you know, these could have been like cast and crew members vehicles. Right. Right. Whereas you look at comedians and cars getting coffee. The whole point of it is to like match a, a collector vehicle to the right. celebrity that's his guest. Right. Yeah. And I think the episode that you're talking about, it was kind of interesting because they were just in the background. Like, yeah. they didn't specifically point out cars to talk about. No. They were just kind of there for auto enthusiasts to kind of enjoy, yeah. like, Easter eggs. So if I don't know who, you know, whether it was, like, a production coordinator or, like, you know, set decorator, whoever decided those – maybe Jerry Seinfeld was involved in the process. I don't know, but it, it was amazing. It was just such a cool – episode and to me it's one of those like classics because throughout it's like you know yeah he drives a Saab most of the time he owned there was some weird car I don't remember what it was um in the very early days and then he owned a BMW briefly that's the one that the that the uh, valet at that restaurant <laughs> stunk up with his BO <laughs> and then that's when he switched to a Saab and he was a Saab Saab 9000 cool throughout the whole which is also such an enthusiast car. Like, Sobs yeah, are so, so nerdy. Yeah. yeah. People get really excited about Sobs. There's a good episode when it gets when it gets stolen, and then it, like, goes to this chop shop, and the police call him in, and him and Elaine go uh, to, like, identify the car. And the, the cop says something about, like, oh, you know, the camshaft was stuffed so far up the turbo. And, and Jerry was like, turbo? Mine wasn't a turbo. And then him and Elaine are all excited. And this lady comes in and is like, did someone say turbo? A Saab 9000 turbo? And she came to like identify her car. And it, again, it's just like such a... It, it tell, could have it, been anything. Yeah, it like yeah. continues the storyline. And if you're not a car enthusiast, it, it doesn't stand out. But if you are, it's just one of those fun little like call outs that it's like the turbo versus the naturally aspirated model. I don't know. Just fun. I like that's it. fun, yeah, yeah, because it's such an inside joke. I think yeah. between, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, what about Friends? The non, not a car show at all, but a lot of cars carried some significance, and and I know and you know that our chief marketing officer Ian McDonald is a huge Friends fan. Okay. And so we were talking about these cars, and I said. Oh, you know, like I'm, you know, putting this list together of kind of the most significant cars on Friends. And uh, he said, oh, like, you know, I don't really think of cars and Friends going together. But then he's like, now that you mention it, so it's like Phoebe's cab. And then I said, you know, the, the, nine, the Porsche 911 that Monica and Ross's dad gives to Monica to kind of make up for her stuff getting ruined. And Ian was like, oh, you mean the one that Ross washed with rocks when he was young and what that Ian calling that out to me just kind of reinforced 
that idea that it was like they played these supporting roles. They were part of jokes that were like so fundamental to the show. Right. Even though the amount of driving, like there might have been a half dozen episodes where they spent any time in cars. Right. But those little jokes, they you'll like that. You'll remember that forever. Oh, the one that, you know, was. That's hard to say. Ross <laughs> washed with rocks. There you go. Um, and, you know, Phoebe's cab, it's the same thing. Little things like, you know, it doesn't have a seatbelt on the passenger side because the firefighters had to cut it. And it's like, I just love these little moments that the cars play. I love when they're subtle like that. Yeah. It really bothers me when like product placement in, in movies and TV shows is like way too obvious. I remember, and I'll bring this one up because I think it's hilarious. Um, I used to watch a show called Heroes, you know, Save the Cheerleader, Save the Worlds. It was not a good show. I did not like it at all. But they were also sponsored by Nissan, I think. And one episode, and I think this is the episode I stopped watching because I hated it so much. They pull up a rogue and she goes, oh, daddy, a Nissan rogue. And I'm like, that wow. is the worst, most obvious product placement I've ever seen. And I stopped watching that show. I remember <laughs> I've never watched the, um, what's that, Twilight or whatever, that vampire series. I've never watched it either. But I remember all of these like commercials, like the trailers, and it was like, Volvo, Volvo, Vol it was very weird. It was like, you know, that guy, the main guy, whatever his name is, drove like a Volvo C30, which was that little hatchback. Right. And then it was like his parents or somebody drove like a Volvo XC90 no and it was like right when it came out. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's product placement through and through. I mean, some of them make sense. That to me doesn't really make sense. No. But for example, like, you know, Tony Stark's Audi R8, that made a lot of sense to but me. But then here's one for you. Okay, here's one I've never understood. And maybe our good good friend Jen McCarthy, the PR manager for, for Hyundai Canada, can help us answer this. How is it that Tony Stark drives this Audi R8? I've never seen the movie, but I know he, he had this R8 because he's this rich guy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a Hyundai Kona Iron Man edition? And it had like all of these little, you know kind of features that's a weird link up what to me. is even happening there yeah that that's kind of a weird link up um, star wars the nissan the rogue, nissan rogue star that was wars. that was kind of cool that made sense to me because it actually that rogue when it was white and black actually looks like a stormtrooper and it has like there's some more obvious features like it had the it has those big like bronze badges on the doors right. but then the i guess it would be like the sea pillars ghosted into them is like the Empire logo oh, cool. and the whatever the bad but guys are called. When you bought that car, didn't you also get like a Stormtrooper storm helmet? helmet? Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of They neat. didn't put one in the press car because they were worried it was going to go missing. Oh, yeah, that would have gotten stolen and put it on eBay for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that, that one was kind of like a cool, in my opinion, a, a cool kind of mashup, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that Iron Man... Uh, Hyundai Kona never made sense to me. That's kind of a weird one. You know what's a, another show? Now, this is just pure speculation and suspicion. I'm not saying for sure. Uh, maybe if any of you guys out there listening know whether this is true or not, you can email us at expert at trader.ca. Um, the Office, the U.S. version. There were a lot of Subarus involved in that show. And 
at first it seemed like so Jim Halpert drove so that's one of the shows that I watch you know religiously like you know Becky she loves The Office but she had to tell me earlier this year like we, we got to slow down on on the rewatches but Jim starts in you know like a late 90s Corolla the one like the same one that you would have learned to mm-hmm. drive in yep um that was in one of the early episodes and that was the one when Ryan started the fire with his with his like pizza bag. anyways um so he drives this Corolla then all of a sudden he upgrades to the infamous Sabaru remember mm-hmm. the Saab nine they like shared three a platform X, what era whatever it was called yeah it was the, it was just like a rebadged um Subaru Impreza hatchback and then from there Jim suddenly is in you know an Impreza and then Toby drives an Impreza and then Jim and Pam get an Outback so I'm not saying for sure that Subaru was involved but it's possible but it's possible I will also say especially in the early seasons when there would be shots out in the parking lot same kind of energy as that Seinfeld parking garage episode where there's like a first gen Miata and it's kind of like cool to see and like just some of the cars, it it is a cross section to me of, you know, kind of like middle America, right. you know, what, what these people might be driving at a, you know, small paper yeah, supply company in I Pennsylvania. Love, I love those like little, you know, it's attention to detail I think is really cool when they just leave it there for you to kind so of So I will say something I know about that show is that um, they, if you watch the, an Easter egg to look out for is that they had permission from, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Department of Motor Vehicles to use, you know, whatever they gave them, like four or five license plate numbers that you can, you know, use these, these mm-hmm. plate numbers on your cars. But sometimes there's more than that many cars in an episode. So you can clock like the same plate number on a different vehicle in a different episode or even later in the same episode because they had to take that right. plate off and put it on another car. That's Because they only had so many plate numbers that they could use. I wonder how many people noticed that. I don't know. That's such a small little detail. I love yeah. I love little Easter eggs like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, what else? Oh, we never did, we didn't talk about home improvement. And that was like cars. That was another one where there was barely any driving. Like, you could count on one hand, but I feel like. But that whole show had to do about Tim and his garage. Yeah. And oh, it's I crazy. That yeah. Show growing Remember, up. he builds that, like, that Ford, like, high boy, and then he builds a Nomad. Oh, my God. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And that's one of those, like, weird, like, the car played such a recurring role, um, but it was never, pro- like, there were very few episodes of driving. Yeah, and that's true. And I feel like sometimes they were very central to the plot because he would be working in the garage and he'd be talking about something, but yeah. working on the car and not talking about the car. Exactly. But it was like such an important, yeah. you know, part of, of the of the experience and the show and the family. Like it really kind of was part of what tied them all together. Yeah, that's fantastic. And even a, w- w- another one to talk about, Full House. Yeah. There was there was driving. Danny owned that red. It was like an Impala. Yeah. It had a nickname and I can't think of it off the top of my head. It had that and head was in the in I'm sure of it. It was like in the name his like nickname for this yeah, car. Yeah, it was. And remember Stephanie 
goes like, oh, I'm going to turn on the radio. And she like shifts it into drive and drives it <laughs> right through the kitchen. Remember? I do remember that. I love yeah. that show when yeah. I was a kid. See, cars are, even when you don't, it's a show that's not about cars, but cars help carry the story yeah. and they're a thread that ties through. I think it's because they're, they're yes, a huge role in pop culture, but also just so important in our lives. And so it's something that just, you know, I can appeal to everybody. I know um, you had one. I, I briefly glanced at your notes and you had one that you haven't mentioned yet. Which is what? Mr. Bean's Mini. <gasps> Mr. Bean's Mini. I love Mr. Bean's Mini. I have so many great memories of watching Mr. Bean as a kid yeah. and just thinking how like ridiculous it was. And honestly, he had to drive a Mini. Like there's no other car he could possibly drive that would suit him. And I loved that he had such a hate on for the Reliant Robin, those three-wheeled <laughs> yeah, yeah, cars, and he, right. would, and he would tip them over. That was so funny. And I yeah. my, one of my favorite episodes with the Mini is when he's like sitting on top of it on a couch. On the roof. On an armchair. And he's, and he's steering using, it with rope. Uh, yeah. And he uses like a broom to hit the, the gas pedal. So uh, the Goodwood Festival of Speed, which is an event in the UK, for those of you who don't know, it's like a showcase where automakers, there's like this hill climb and it's like showing off these these really impressive performance vehicles. Um Years ago, Rowan Atkinson, as Mr. Bean, showed up and did the hill climb sitting on that couch, like, you know, quote unquote, yeah. driving that the car from hilarious. up there. So funny to watch it rip oh up the God. hill. You guys need to go on YouTube. A, subscribe to the Auto Trader YouTube channel. And B, watch that video because it will just bring a smile to your face. I love Mr. Bean for that reason, yeah. um, but Rowan Atkinson, also a huge car person, too. Yes. Yeah. He just, so he had a McLaren F1 for years that he, like, crashed. Crashed it. And, like, three times. And had it. And he finally just sold it, like, last year or the year before for more than he initially paid for oh, it of new. Course. It's just so unreal yeah. to me. And it's cool because he actually, like, daily drove that car. People don't understand. Like, that was, he was like, well, if I'm going to drive this ridiculous you know, supercar, like, I'm going to drive it all the time. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other, like, important pop culture cars. Like, even Pixar's Cars movie, loved it. Um, because as a kid's movie, it's great. But I love what Pixar does when they, like, make all these references that, like, only it. car people can get. So, so uh, Lightning McQueen is the main character. He yes. has a best friend named Mac. He's a truck. Okay, that's a good one. Right? Mac goes missing. Yes. And so Steve, um, sorry, McQueen is looking Steve for his McQueen. friend. No, it's Lightning McQueen. <laughs> um, and he, he sees a truck. He's like, Mac, is that you? And he goes, I'm not Mac. I'm a Peterbilt. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Which I thought was so cute. Like, just these cute little details. I have to be honest. I've not seen those movies. You would actually love I believe them. it. One, but one from my childhood that I, you know, that just still to this day makes me smile i have a christmas ornament of it is the pizza planet truck from toy story love that one and it's like you know it's uh, you guys i'm sure just about everyone listening has has seen toy story and all because you know the those pixar movies they don't have like licensing to use real vehicles it's just kind of based on mm -hmm. so those old toyota pickup trucks would have Toyota stamped across the tailgate. So what 
the pizza planet truck because it was driven by this like hippie like yo dude like yeah so it just said yo, yo. and again like you were saying like car enthusiasts we would see that and immediately go it's a toyota but if you don't see it it's just you don't recognize it and it's just like oh whatever it ties in with the story of this like surfer boy driving this pizza delivery yeah. truck but and then that truck also comes back in in later yes. um movies as well so i, I kind of love how pixar just ties it all together like that yeah. very cool stuff um yeah there's so many honestly like if you guys have your favorite pop culture cars email us at expert at trader.ca because there's so many things that we haven't gone through that we would love to yeah um so if there's something that really gets you going like a fun car memory that you have um in a movie just email us um we do have one ask an expert question that has nothing to do with with pop culture okay so here we go it's from syed he yep. says hi i'm a subscriber of your channel from from the youtube uh sorry from the youtube video on suvs versus four by four dan said that, that the toyota rav4 hybrid has a separate motor for the rear wheels so does that mean a front wheel drive hybrid rav4 is kind of all wheel drive ish it doesn't um but it, that's kind of one of those like you know very regional questions because in Canada we only have an all-wheel drive Rav4 hybrid. In other parts of the world, like the UK, there's a hybrid Rav4 that is front-wheel drive, and there's an all-wheel drive version. But basically, um, Cole's notes. I'll do my best to to keep <laughs> this brief. Um, the all-wheel drive Rav4 is what comes with that separate electric motor that drives the back wheels. It's independent of the rest of the powertrain. Um, all Toyota hybrids in general use twin motor generators up front. So including the RAV4 hybrid, it's got that two and a half liter gas engine. And then there's dual electric motor generators, one that actually drives the wheels and another one that puts energy into the battery pack. So no, front wheel drive RAV4 hybrids or any Toyota hybrids just power the front wheels it's only when you have all-wheel drive that you add that separate electric motor in the back and that's what motivates the rear wheels perfect uh thank you syed for your question we hope that kind of answers it um if anyone has car related questions or personal questions for like us like jody where'd you get that jumpsuit it's very old i actually think i thrifted it it's yeah i thrift a lot of stuff because i'm a big cheapo that's how you get those bags of money to I go buy to your car. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any questions, please email us at expert at trader.ca. Uh, and that brings episode 12 of Own the Road with Auto Trader to a close. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. No catchphrase? I'm still thinking about one. All right. We'll see how we do on episode 13. Okay. All bye, right. Everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>